Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Hey everybody, it's William Hollins here for another episode of the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. Uh, today I've got a special guest. He's a structural engineer. Uh, he went to UC Davis. His name is Brian Armstrong. I'll let you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and how you got into the space. All right. Thanks, William. Um, and thanks for having me on the show. Definitely. Um, yeah. So good introduction. I am a structural engineer. I've been doing so for a little over 20 years. Um, always been of interest to me. always enjoyed buildings and watching buildings get created. Um which I think dovetails well with the multifamily space. Um, been doing multifamily for a few years and really like the uh, just just everything about multifamily and, and apartments and um, you know taking apartments and making them better and, and creating communities that people really enjoy living in. Um, so yeah, but happy to talk about that today and anything else related to real estate. One of my favorite topics. Definitely. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things as well. Um, so why did you study engineering? Ooh, um, well, I always liked math and physics. I know that sounds kind of weird and nerdy, but, um, I, I liked chemistry a lot as well, but, uh, Damn. really kind of took to physics, um, as something that made a lot of sense in my brain. Um, it just kind of explained how a lot of things in the universe work. Uh, and always, math always sort of came easier than like the English and the writing and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that's kind of what steered me toward engineering. And then I think deep down, I think there was a, an interest in real estate and buildings all along that I never really recognized, you know, until I'd say, you know, somewhat more recently. But I think that's how the engineering turned into structural engineering related to buildings more than any other type of engineering. That one just seemed the most interesting to me. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, you and I have a lot in common, you know, I studied mechanical engineering. I got my engineering training. So I was on the professional engineering route. And after doing some MEP mechanical, electrical and plumbing design work, for buildings, I realized that really wasn't the direction that I wanted to go down, you know, so I'm in construction management now. So I get to work pretty closely with with you guys on occasion. Um, what what types of buildings do you specialize in designing? Yeah, so uh, for, the, for the firm I work for now, we, we do a lot of um, uh, commercial buildings and we a big chunk of what we do is actually uh, data centers. Um, awesome. So, you know, the hubs of the Internet, if you will. Um, you know, and so those tend to be anywhere from like one to four stories. Um, so not huge buildings, but they have a lot of really complicated infrastructure in them to keep all the servers and everything running smoothly. Um, so there's a lot of aspects to be looked at beyond just the structural design, you know, that we need to know about as part of like a complete building system picture. So it's, it, it sounds somewhat repetitive and, and there is a lot of, repetition across different projects as far as you know big picture stuff but the nitty-gritty of each project has, has its own little subtle differences all the time uh so it is it stays very interesting and and they because it's sort of technology based more than just like an office building you know that has any number of tenants in it 
the technology is constantly evolving in what types of systems are implemented and what types of you know cooling packages are used, that sort of thing. Um, so it is interesting that it, even though it's you know kind of the same concept over and over again, it's constantly changing and growing, and you feel like you're learning a lot every time. Definitely. That's pretty cool to be on the cutting edge of some of those technologies as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to kind of be a little bit more on the back end of, you know, how does the internet operate? Because, um, you know, we all just go to a website and click, 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 and, and it's just there. And, it you know, where does it all come from? Um, and I don't even fully understand it either. It's magic. I'm a structural right? engineer. But um, it, it all comes through data centers and servers and data centers and so it is, it is very, you know, interesting stuff. Yeah. And that's one thing I like about construction is, you know, there's so much communication and from somebody, you know, that didn't have a lot of experience prior to joining Dal4BD, it's crazy how much, you know, meetings and coordination and, you know, like when we get the air handling unit weights, like we got to send it to the structural engineer and tell them where it needs sure. to be. And, sure. you know, you, you coordinate so much and it's, there's, it's it's pretty incredible when you finish a building. Yeah, you know, and all I'm the, always the amazed. Sweat and tears that went into it. Yeah, I'm always amazed at how many people and how many thousands of hours it takes to build a building. Um, it's a lot of resources from just human resources to build a building. Definitely. So I know you you wrote an ebook, and I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I'd like to hear your story, you know, so as a as somebody with engineering backgrounds, you know, I think that as a as a whole, our community is pretty risk averse. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, we we're designing buildings, we're designing aircraft, we're designing things that that need to be very, very safe. Um, but what would you say to somebody uh, trying to decide if they want to invest in real estate that's maybe an architect, an engineer, or a construction management person. Yeah, so um, I think that it's a great industry for people who are interested in investing, really. I mean, because I I think real estate, especially, you know, what I look at in multifamily, but a lot of aspects of commercial real estate, there's self-storage, um, you know, there's mobile home parks, there, there's all different aspects my focus being multifamily, I think that that investment class really offers some of the best returns on a risk-adjusted basis, meaning that for people who are tending towards risk aversion in their investments, I think real estate makes a ton of sense. Um, just because you're owning a, a hard asset, that asset appreciates through you know, generally two ways. One, forced appreciation by improving the property and therefore being able to charge higher rents. And two, just inflation in general drives rent prices up. Uh, it increases the cost of materials. It increases the replacement value of the building. So your value is increasing in multiple different ways. The demand for housing has really never been greater um, because over the past 15 years since the financial crisis of 2008, so much home construction has been halted for various reasons between then and now that multifamily apartments are still in very high demand because there isn't enough single family supply to keep up with that market. Uh, so you have a situation where you have an undersupply condition, plenty of demand, um, you know, plenty of opportunity for asset value appreciation, 
And there are some tax benefits as well, um, you know, which kind of icing on the cake, if you will. Um, but there's all these reasons why multifamily and, and commercial real estate makes sense and has a very low risk threshold that really plays well to anybody in the AEC industry who, like you said, you know, as engineers, architects, contractors, we, we as a community don't want to take a risk on building a building for, you know, whether it be for server cabinets, for computers or uh, people, um, either way that, that building cannot have a risk of collapse. And so you have to have a certain amount of risk tolerance that you'll accept, but that risk tolerance has to be pretty low. And so, you know, you look at some other investments um, that could offer high returns, um, but all of those investments really have a much higher risk threshold, I think, than what real estate offers for a comparable return. Or you could look at, at risks, at investments that have lower risk, but all of those tend to come with lower returns, like bonds, for example, lower risk, mm -hmm. but much lower return than what you get out of real estate. So I, I think it's a great match for an investment type and someone in the AEC community. That's awesome. So I know before we uh, started recording, you know, we were chatting for a little bit and you mentioned you started out as an LP and now you're, you know, partnering on larger deals with other people. Um, you know, what, what would you say to somebody that has never invested in a, as a limited partner on their first deal? You know, what, what is it going to take to, to get them over the hump? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, when I did my LP investment, my first one was years ago. Um, and we actually, my, my wife met somebody at a family event who just, who was an LP investor and real estate had always kind of been something that she and I had chatted about. You know, we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like so many people have. And it was just one of those things that kind of popped up and we're like, yeah, this makes sense. Sure. Let's give it a try. But it was one of those things that if we hadn't been thinking about real estate, probably wouldn't have gone for it. What makes people get over the hump? I, I think it's just, it's not an asset class that's really commonly discussed. And it, I think it feels for a lot of people like something that you have to have a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money, or you have to just, you know, know somebody who knows somebody to get into it. And I think that's a common misconception that it doesn't take being a millionaire to invest in real estate. You don't have to have a million plus dollars to do it. Um, you know, you don't have to know somebody who knows somebody. Um, you just have to find a group of people that you think you can trust and has some integrity on owning and operating the investment property and who is going to do the right thing um, for investors and for the property to basically return investor capital and whatever sort of returns can be, you know, obtained out of that property. And so it, it, a lot of it comes down to education on the side of understanding how a real estate investment works and knowing the, the finding the right sponsor team, I suppose, that you believe in. And then kind of just having the faith to give it a try. Um, you know, that's, People, I, I hear people make stock investments all the time where it's like, oh, 
I got a tip from a buddy about a thing. And, and maybe that's 500 or $1,000. And so it's money that you can afford to just wipe off the off the map and not worry about it. Right. Whereas real estate tends to be higher dollar values, you know, usually twenty-five dollars to $50,000 minimum. So it's a little less comfortable to just drop 50 Gs into a real estate investment. But I think that's where the education piece comes in. And it doesn't take a lot of education. It just sort of takes some understanding. Um, a lot of people have great websites, blogs, um, podcasts, for example, just hearing about how a transaction operates and how a property is improved and how the returns are created. Um, you know, just having that, having that education really, I think is really a missing link for a lot of folks. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned the stock market. Um, I would say the stock market is, you know, medium to high risk. I mean, we've seen in the last few years, you know, I, I think, uh, maybe a lot of people were cheering this on, but, you know, we saw the manipulation with the, the GameStop stock, yep. you know, so maybe, maybe the little guys beat the big guys in that one and that squeeze, yep. um, yep. you know, but there's a lot of, there's manipulation, you know, for the, the big guys, you know, beating out the little guys as well. And one thing that I like a lot about real estate is it's, you can't really manipulate like the price of a property. You can't really manipulate, yeah. you know, raising people's rents like exorbitantly because they won't be able to afford it anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's like I've I've lived in apartments for six years of my life. You know, I never I never missed a payment. Um, I had a great community. And, you know, when you invest in real estate, like you have real ownership in a real property. And that yep. real property is making real money every single month. Yep. You know, it's it's like, man, like like we talked about before, like I, I got exposed to this and and I, I instantly knew like this this makes a lot of sense, you know, and I've I've taken my time, I've I've educated and I've listened to the podcast and read the books and talked to hundreds of people, you know, yep. from from brokers to syndicators to lenders and, and everybody in between property managers, attorneys, etc. Um, you know, and, and I, I hear success stories all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's because there are success stories all the time. It's just it's just kind of getting over that that little initial hump of learning enough to feel comfortable. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's learning enough to ask some questions to then feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that it's important if, if folks are considering real estate, I think it's important to be able to be comfortable asking questions and to find people that you want to work with that are willing to listen to your questions and spend the time it takes to answer your questions Definitely. to the point where, where your question is answered, not to the point where they think they've answered the question, to, but to the point where you actually have the answer that you need or that you've now got another question that you need an answer to there, you know, but it's, it's important to make sure that's the people that you're working with. Cause if you, if you're getting, brush it off by somebody who doesn't have the time, then, you know, it's not going to be a successful relationship, I guess is maybe the way to say it. Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. Visit the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So I'd love to hear um, about your ebook. Tell us what it's called. 
uh, maybe tell us about the the journey to to ride it and and kind of stuff that you learned along the way and and why it's why it'd be a good read for for listeners sure yeah so um it it's basically about seven reasons why real estate investing makes sense in addition to stocks and so my whole take on it is i'm not going to you know, come on a podcast or write an ebook about why you should sell every last penny that you have in the stock market and invest it all in real estate. Because that that's not one, it's not really realistic because almost everybody has a 401k account in their current employer that is probably largely invested in the stock market because you only have so many choices. And right. generally real estate is not one of those choices. So nope. to totally diversify out of the stock market is not realistic for most people. But I think it's important for a lot of people to understand this is an option for them. And it's way more accessible than most folks realize. And I think that real estate is a great option for people, whether they're in the AEC community or not, doesn't matter. Just as a diversified asset class to the stock market. Like you look at what's happening right now, you know, this being November of 2022, the stock market's had a really rough year. You know, but for the 10 years or 12 years, whatever it is prior to this, it's been doing great. But, you know, it real estate still in 2022 is holding up its values, commercial real estate, I should say, because it's different than single family. Those markets are both real estate, but they're very different real estate markets. Um, and it looks as though multifamily for the reasons we discussed before, you know, low supply, high demand. Etc. is going to continue to hold up in its values in, in, into 2023 and beyond. And so if folks have some diversity into real estate, it offers a little bit more overall portfolio diversity than being just in the stock market. And, you know, yes, I guess mutual funds offer diversity within the stock market, but if the whole market's going down, the mutual funds coming down with it. So my, I lay out seven reasons plus a bonus reason as to why I think real estate makes a ton of sense for everybody in addition to their investments that they want to keep in the stock market. And there's, you know, a lot of great reasons. You know, we talked about some, you know, the resistance to inflation, um, the owning a hard asset, uh, the tax benefits, cash flow, um, you know, and there's others that, that folks can check out the book and see some of my other ideas as well. But um, I, I just think it makes sense for everybody really to, to look at real estate as an option. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, so kind of the two things that I like to wrap up episodes with, I like to talk about um, a mistake that you've heard somebody make in real estate or uh, some sort of loss that you've experienced in real estate. You know, I don't, I don't want the listeners to have rose colored glasses on. You know, I mean, there's a lot of success and there's a lot of hype around real estate and, and I fully believe in real estate. Um, but I, I just want to kind of temper um, all that hype. Um, is there anything that, that you've experienced or, or a deal that, that maybe you learned uh, learned something from? Yeah, um, I, I think the the thing to probably watch out for 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 most folks is I think I alluded to it a little bit before, but for one, inexperienced folks, because it does, it, it, real estate is very straightforward and how it, how it works, but it's not 
always straightforward in, in the execution of it. And so I, I think it's okay to have inexperienced people on a team as long as that team has someone who is experienced or maybe even a, a couple people who are experienced, you know, to kind of be able to foresee some challenges coming and navigate through some of those challenges in, in ways that inexperienced folks may not know. Um, so I, I think maybe if I lean the question towards the idea of what should folks watch out for, I think that's one of the big things to watch out for is to make sure that at least somebody on the team has some experience, meaning at least a, a good number of years doing this and showing a solid track record that they can develop a business plan, purchase an asset and execute towards that business plan, you know, without going way off the rails. Right. Yeah. So that would be somebody that has been able to purchase properties, operate those properties and then sell the properties and take them full cycle, you know, and, and meet or exceed the expectations for investor returns. Yeah. 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 And even if they haven't, I, that's the ideal, I think, to have a few of those full cycle transactions under your belt. Even if I would say, you know, that folks have, you know, let's say four to five years experience, they haven't done a, an exit quite yet. I still think if they've proven through that four and five years that they can track to their projections and or beat their projections, I think that's evidence enough that, that they know what they're doing. Definitely, yeah. No, I agree with that as well. Um, so last thing, I want to shine the spotlight on you. Um, I want to hear about one of the, the best, biggest wins, one of the best things that you've experienced in real estate and just something you're really proud of. Ah, okay. Um, you know, it's interesting. One of our, um, I, I have been an LP investor, as I mentioned. The other, after that, we, my wife and I did a few live-in flips where we basically owned a house and flipped it while we lived in it and then sold it and moved on to something else. Um, in one of those, we actually, it's very specific to San Francisco, but we bought a two-unit building um, and we did what's called a condo conversion to it. And that's it, it. That's not specific to San Francisco, but the way that it's done in San Francisco is very specific to San Francisco. On the two unit deals, you can kind of fast track your way through. Larger than that, you have to get into the lottery system. It turns into this whole mess. So we bought a place that was built in the 60s. It was, everything was original to the 60s. I mean, the carpet had been worn down to the mat. Yeah, carpet. Uh, and they, they had used the, the life out of that carpet. Um, so we replaced all the finishes. We did a kitchen remodel, bathrooms, all that kind of stuff, you know, fixed up all the inside. So we did the interior remodel and did the condo conversion at the same time, um, all in the span of about two years, a little over two years. Um, and between, so, the reason to do a condo conversion in the in San Francisco is because it drives the value of the unit up, right? Now you have your own condo instead of buying half of a building. Um, and so in the end, we actually netted over a half a million dollars in proceeds from that transaction and spent not very much, relatively speaking. I mean, I, I think the condo conversion itself probably costs 15000 and the renovations were like, 60,000 or something like that. So that was one of the better ones. Um, haven't been able to quite replicate that magnitude yet, mm -hmm. but um, that was a pretty big win. That actually got us um, into 
the neighborhood where we live now. And, and that was kind of a, a big jump from where we were before. So that's that pretty awesome. Cool. That's exciting. I love, yeah. I love to hear the success stories and, and wins of people uh, using yeah. improving real estate. Power of real estate. It's, it's a powerful thing when done right. Yes, sir. Well, hey, it was really great to have you on as a guest and um, definitely want to hear more of your story uh, later on down the road. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate you having me on today. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. All right. Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit our website, biggerpictureholdings.com. And remember, money really does grow on trees.